0: News. 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 news, news. New York City. FAQ NYC podcast
1: getting more and more interesting by the minute. FAQ. It's FAQ NYC, the New Yorkers podcast from the newsroom by and for New Yorkers, the city. I'm Harry Siegel here with Katie Onan and Dr. Christina Greer. Hello. Hello there. Hi, Harry. Hey. In just a minute, we're going to be joined by Jose Martinez senior reporter at the city and citywide transit expert to talk about what a Lee Zeldin win in next week's governor's race could mean for the city's buses, subways, and streets. And of course, what a local win could mean. But for now, let's jump right in with just some of the news from another jam-packed week in New York. There are three stories so far that highlight issues with the appointments in the Adams administration. One, The Post reported on the MTA awarding a contract for the private security guards coming to the subway, and it's going to a security firm launched by Deputy Mayor Phil Banks. He founded that company in 2015, just after abruptly resigning from the NYPD, but is no longer involved in it, according to City Hall, who relayed a message of thanks from Banks for notifying him that the company, which is still listed in his resume as a present thing, according to the Post, is still in business. Greg Smith of the city also reported on Judge James Burke, who presided over the Harvey Weinstein trial and was not very well liked by Weinstein's lawyer. He was not reappointed to the bench by a mayoral committee, and some reporting found a deeper Adams connection. Weinstein's lawyer, Arthur Idowa, is a longtime friend of Frank Caron, the mayor's chief of staff. City Hall says nothing nefarious happened. And finally, In a city all defined by giving people, uh, including Deputy Mayor Phil Banks, second chances. It was reported this week that buildings commissioner and former councilman, Republican Eric Ulrich, is involved in some way in an investigation into illegal gambling. His phone was seized on Tuesday. Are these blips or patterns? And speaking of blips or patterns, uh, we're days away from Election Day. Early voting is here. And an Emerson poll released just seven days out finds that despite what you may see on the front page of the Post, Governor Kathy Hochul still appears to be up over Lee Zeldin by a bit. Eight points right now, uh, 54 to uh, 46. And that means Hochul has actually widened her gap from the previous Emerson poll by two points. So, Chrissy, how are you feeling week out from Election Day? Oh, listening
2: my blood pressure's up um just because you know you look at the 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 data and it says you know 60% of americans will have an election denier on their ballot that includes new yorkers since lee zeldin is an election denier um the fact that the race is possibly tightened is is frustrating because as i said last week i have yet to receive a mailer Yet to receive any mail whatsoever, letting me know that there is a race going on. I already voted, by the way, because I'm so busy on election day. I love the fact that we now have early voting, which took forever, right? I mean, we were New Yorkers were so behind when it came to making voting easier and more equitable for for all. So, you know, Kathy Hochul, I think now is doing this this sweep. I just don't understand Democrats. I, I don't understand. The leadership, when it comes to campaigns and elections, I don't understand messaging. I I think Republicans run away with false narratives consistently and just repeat them, and it becomes law of the land. And I'm just like, Kathy Oakle, you actually do have quite a bit to run on. Are you a perfect candidate? Absolutely not. Do you have a deficit that you're a woman at the top of the ticket? Sure do. So might you want to use some surrogates? Might you want to make sure that those in New York New York City, who would be a built-in base historically, just to make sure they're already going to be a built-in base. You know, don't Hillary Clinton yourself and assume that folks are going to vote for you. And that's not the case. So at least let them know that there's a race going on, let them know that they should be voting for you. So we see that she's in New York, you know, this week or these next few days, doing lots of events, you know, in Brooklyn. I just see that she's going to be a Barnard with, you know, the cast of characters, Kamala, Hillary, like, you know, rah-rah. Now we're doing the white feminism thing. And so it's like, ugh, all right, we'll shake it out. I don't know. I mean, the polling has everything between, you know, she's up 15 points and she loses by two points. I don't, I can't get it. I think the fact that New York, the state of New York, not Alabama, not Texas, not Florida could possibly, you know, or is even entertaining a man who is an election denier or, um, believes that January 6th was just a, a bunch of excited patriots. And, you know, a fear mongering, you know, nonsensical, hyperactive child, uh, that that worries me, not just about uh, the Kathy Ockel campaign, but what that says about New York City voters. And also, last point, based on a conversation that we had <laughs> off air, you know, when I think about these good white liberals who are just like, "Oh, I don't like Kathy Ockel. For whatever reason, they can't seem to explain, and then they decide that they're going to vote for Lee Zeldin. It's like, you know what? Just say it with your chest and vote for Lee Zeldin. Like, Stop trying to, you know, have secret reasons as to like, oh, I don't know, you know, Kathy Hochul's so terrible. It's like, are you really equating Kathy Hochul and Lee Zeldin? Like, as I just laid out that Lee Zeldin is a Trump-supporting, election-denying, January 6th-supporting candidate— like, do you really think that Kathy Hochul and Lee Zeldin are the same? So like these Democrats who are just like, yeah, I can't seem to vote for Kathy Hochul. These are the same like Bernie Bro type folks who just couldn't seem to bring themselves to vote for Hillary Clinton. It's the same people all the time. The far left, left, left people end up being far right, right people time and time again. And it's so frustrating and annoying. And I'm just kind of over them.
1: Katie, we're going to have the results by the time you're in Somos with the Democrats. And the <clears> powers. <throat> yes. The be as well, analogies,
3: I, at least, I guess I do. Yeah.
1: So we'll see. Obviously, we'll know very soon. And this won't be hypothetical. How this election is played out, if the polls hold up, Kathy Hochul holds on. uh Democrats lose a few House seats here. Probably lose their supermajority in the state Senate, but they're still fundamentally in control of New York in the way they've 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 been since George Pataki. Mm-hmm left office, how much soul searching do you actually expect from the party about, among other things, uh, good white progressives or just Democrats generally who, uh, you know, were willing to uh, cross lines or sit this one out and, you know, make this at the least a nail biter of an election?
3: I think it's a lot of soul searching. Um, the question I, I, I see from a lot of people is, what are a lot of these county parties doing um, for this governor's race? Um, you can't deny looking at, you know, the, the who is getting out the vote. This weekend, there was I, I saw a video of a Lee Zeldin rally on Long Island, huge crowd of people, and just the energy is behind him. And compare that to some of the things we've seen for Kathy Hogle. Obviously, some of the these rallies haven't happened yet, right? But the, the one I saw over the weekend in Southeast Queens just didn't seem to have that same energy. And obviously this is anecdotal, right? Like signs and vibes don't win elections, but um, figuring out what everyone is doing, what everyone did to, again, I think people just assumed this was going to be an easy election for Kathy Hochul, which is really silly um, because that just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is um, a, a sure win in this state. I know people look at, oh, well, Democrats, I don't know the stats off the top of my head. How many more Democrats are than Republicans? Yeah, but they vote Two to one Republican. and
1: more independents than Republicans, too.
3: Yeah, and that's very stupid because there's plenty of Democrats who, for whatever reason, think I don't like Kathy Hochul or the Democratic Party abandoned me or this isn't who I want. This isn't what I want. I only care about crime. And, and this guy on the on the TV with the ads saying that vote like your life depends on it because it does. That is who appeals to me. And again, it's this this if you're unhappy in your current state, who's in charge and you want those people out. So I think down in Puerto Rico, um, looking at, you know, Mayor Adams's role, should he have come out sooner for her? Should he have been um, a lot more active in pushing for Kathy Hochul? He is a city to run. I guess you could have that argument. But what everyone else needed to do and what they didn't do and how it affected. And look, you know, if I don't make predictions, right, but if Kathy Hochul wins and if it's not a blowout, I think that still requires some sort of soul searching of what did we do wrong And it's, you know, again, elected officials are elected to support and and they're elected to represent people. And has there been a gap in what the people of New York state actually want and what the legislators think that they want? Sure. So maybe that's also, I mean, they're not going to exactly figure it out in Somos because there's no real people down there in (laughs) Somos, you know, it's just a (laughs) bunch of bubble people, but they can at least think about it. So that is what I think we'll look at in the days after the election.
1: To be fair, there are also a lot of bartenders there. In right. The
4: yeah. Well,
2: they can't vote. They can't. Yeah. A lot of them are, I guess so. Can you all uh-huh. tell me the origin of so? Why does everyone go to Puerto Rico the day after Election Day? And why Puerto Rico specifically? And like, who started that? It just seems like, for some, a nice little boondoggle vacation. But then I talked to so many journalists who were just like, we're broke. We could barely get down there. We're eating beans on toast. Like, we're all staying in a room together. Like, it's just, it seems terrible for some and a vacation for others
3: been a few times to- I think for me as a reporter it's it's valuable in terms of just sourcing and meeting with people um, and like in a
2: casual setting or, or just in, outside in of, of new York settings,
3: yeah, just seeing what people are up to i I have gotten a lot of story ideas and, and sourcing out of it um, I find it to be useful, but again, I don't know the history of, of who of when it began um, and yeah I mean I, I I do get to go down to Puerto Rico for it so.
2: <laughs> don't
3: be! Don't get mad at me, Chrissy.
2: No, no, no! Listen, but I mean, I'm one of those people where it's like, if I'm going to Puerto Rico, I don't feel like working. Yeah, I've never well, been to so much though, balance. but it seems like it, it's an interesting endeavor.
3: Last year's was very. It was very stressful and busy. I remember, like, I wasn't eating some meal, like I couldn't. It was a lot going on, and I was running off hardly any sleep, and um, and this year, you know, there are a lot of service projects and a lot of service trips I saw on the official schedule, um, where we're going, the part of San Juan we're going to is recovered from the hurricane. But I know that that is, Mm -hmm. there's been an effort at least to make it not as boondoggly as it, as it has been in the past. So there's actually some valuable stuff. Um, but yeah, that is sort of what, uh, we're, we're going to be looking at next week with these election results, what's going on. And then of course who wins and then, Once those results are in, what are we going to see in January about a lot of issues, whether it's um, crime, safety, housing or transit?
1: So Somos is a 501c3, right? It's not a place. And uh, they advocate for uh, increased social consciousness and representation uh, for uh, uh, Latinos and upward mobility for Latino youth. They give out scholarships but you know in practice it's also like a chance to have this sort of incredible trip to convene this tribe of lawmakers which by the way no statewide hispanic or latino officials tish mm-hmm. james who put mm-hmm. people when she was going to run for governor eric gonzalez was very hopeful that he was going to change that the brooklyn district attorney and then she kept running for ag speaking of rose gardens by the way she's the one democrat who's just not debating her opponent at all uh in this election
3: which i don't think is ever a good look
1: but you know i i I agree
2: but here's the thing i agree as a as a voter it's frustrating and you know it's just someone who lives in new york and i want to see engaged debates when it you know she has a record that she can run on but putting on a democratic campaign strategist hat or like a, a a campaign like a For any candidate, Democrat or Republican, it's like, listen, nobody knows the race is going on. Nobody knows this cat. Why am Mm -hmm. I going to waste my time? Give him airtime for even an hour. No, I don't want to do it. So, like, I see that.
1: I see that as well. So joining us right now is the one and only Jose Martinez. And speaking of not talking about stuff from a different angle, uh, Luis Eldon is running for governor. The polls show. It's a competitive race Um, other than declare a state of emergency, fire Alvin Bragg. Like, what would this guy actually do in terms of trains, schools, anything else? You know, governing New York, we have basically no idea. And that's a real interesting moment. So welcome, Jose. Let's jump right in. Jose, welcome. I, I don't know much, but I know like ridership is down. Uh congestion pricing is maybe coming. There are all these concerns about like a uh downward spiral potentially for the transit system, which is like the heart of the whole city, the circulatory system. Uh and I actually have zero idea what we Zeldin would do as governor about any of this. Uh, I'm guessing some listeners are in the same boat. And figured you might uh, you might explain what's at stake right now and uh, what he said to this point.
4: Thanks for having me on, Harry. You know what Lee Zeldin would say and what he has said is more police, more police, more NYPD in the subway, hire them, uh, bring more to uh, life fears of public safety, the perception of uh, a hazardous subway system. But that's about it. On matters of mass transit, there hasn't been a whole lot here. Uh, In fact, if you look at Zeldin's uh, issues page, uh, transportation, there's just really nothing there. He has been fairly vocal on um, being out against congestion pricing, uh, saying that the MTA is uh, just reaching into the pockets of New Yorkers again. Uh, He's questioned the estimates on just how much uh, the MTA would take in, uh, for future improvements to the capital program, to the transit system. Uh, so, and, and, and the, what the MTA said there is about $15 billion. Uh, Zelda says, no, that's not happening. But other than that, you really haven't heard much. And this comes at a time when the transit system is a long way from a full recovery. Uh, When a lot of New Yorkers are still staying away from the subway system, which is at about 65% of of pre-pandemic ridership totals, uh, when the confidence has not fully been regained, when a lot of people are working from home, and most importantly, perhaps, when the federal money is going to run out uh, sooner than expected, which has the MTA looking at what uh, its officials have long called a fiscal cliff. And that's a place where no one wants to be.
3: Jose, I mean, just to, to ask, too, um, what has Governor Kathy Hochul in her short tenure as governor done for mass transit? If you could just lay that out. Um, and I know we're already establishing, which was denied under the <laughs> under the, the last governor, that the, that the. Governor does control the MTA. So if you just want to talk a little bit about whether it's even funding or, or what she's done to try to help with these rising crime on the subway and at least the perception of it, as gov- what she's done as governor.
4: Well, She, she took over from Governor Cuomo, uh, who was uh, involved in every aspect of the MTA, known as a micromanager to the nth degree. Uh, involved to the point where uh, a former head of transit once told me, when the second floor, the code word for uh, Albany, called when the second floor called, he wanted to jump out the window of a 20th floor, the headquarters at MTA. So it's a very different uh, feel from one governor to the next, from Cuomo to Hochul. Hochul, in contrast, has gotten credit even even from people who would typically uh, be, be easy to or be quick to criticize for letting the professionals do their jobs. So putting the right people in place, uh, stepping back a little bit and saying, all right, MTA, you do your thing and I'll be here. Uh, what she has done uh, in terms of a signature project is proposed the Interboro Express, which would link uh, Southern Brooklyn, to Queens on some uh, old freight line, uh, right-of-way tracks, uh, either as a light rail system or as a heavy rail system or uh, perhaps even as a, a bus rapid transit network. But she's also, in contrast to Zeldin, said that uh, she's, she's proceeding with congestion pricing, and congestion pricing is, as, as we previously discussed, uh, a significant part of how the MTA is going to fund uh, it's, its capital program to make improvements uh, over several years. And these are the things that New Yorkers need uh, not only for the future of the system, but for the everyday use of it, the, the upkeep of it, uh, because you, you cannot have a system that falls into a state of disrepair that's going backward. And, and again, I think that's something that uh, no New Yorker uh, would want, a less
2: reliable transit system. So, Jose, can you just walk us through the link between the low ridership and this looming financial crisis? I mean, I've definitely, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast. I actually don't take the subway as often, you know, in the later nights as I used to say pre-pandemic. Um, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. But what kind of, you know, you you mentioned some percentages, but can you really walk us through, like, how how severe is this financial crisis that the MTA is facing?
4: It's big, it's ugly, and uh, it's in called by the previous chairman, Pat Foy, uh, who used the phrase the fiscal tsunami. The current chairman now has turned that into the fiscal cliff. So the federal government, over the course of the pandemic, provided billions of dollars, let's say $15 billion, I believe it was, in operating aid, that's emergency aid, uh, just for the MTA to keep the lights on, if you will, to keep things going. Uh, that money runs out. And MTA officials have said it's going to run out sooner than had been projected. And a large part of that is because the ridership has not come back at the rate that had been hoped for by this point. Uh, And again, a lot of that has to do with an evolving workplace. Uh, Think of working from home, how that has uh changed the way people work in New York. Uh, it's not quite the 5 days a week anymore. It's sometimes for many people 3 days a week. Uh for some it's uh almost entirely work from home. Others have shifted onto modes of transportation other than the buses, other than the commuter rails, other than the subway. And that has implications because the MTA's operating budget uh Traditionally, and, and it's about $17 billion a year. It's operating budget. That's just to keep things moving. About half of that traditionally has been funded by fare box revenue. That's not there anymore. And that's a serious problem. So the MTA chairman, Jenna Lieber, has been proposing that the MTA find new ways and that legislators in Albany find new ways of funding the transit system to keep things going. Because without that, what you're looking at is... Um, some some potential harm to the system in terms of service cuts, in terms of layoffs, and, and that all rolls downhill onto the rider, onto the consumer, the MTA calls them the customer, the people who use the services, and and, and that impacts service. And that and, and in the transit world, that's the bottom line. Uh, you want reliable service, you want safe service, and uh, those
1: are uh, two things that are sacred to New Yorkers quick question for you here. Maybe not so quick, quick question might be a longer answer. Uh, So we have this agreement to have a a commuter tax. Uh, We seem to know how much money it is, but not exactly how it would work, like who would get exemptions or any of that. And it also doesn't exist yet. And and can you just explain for, 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 for listeners where things are at, what this would be it would be the first one in america and, and like what the remaining steps are to this becoming a reality or not and maybe depending on who the governor is next year i believe you're talking about congestion pricing right here oh my god i've been thinking about the commuter tax because <laughs> that would that would have solved so many issues all right that's, commuter deep, that's tax. deep
4: brain stuff
1: uh shallow brain but uh uh yes uh, uh with congestion pricing can you can you break that down please all right. So in 2019, the state legislature greenlighted
4: something that had been kicked around in New York for years, uh, decades, even. Uh, that is congestion pricing, and what congestion pricing is designed to do is twofold. That is, it's designed to raise billions of dollars for the MTA to make improvements to the system through its capital program, and it is designed to cut down on, as the name suggests congestion in the heart of the city that is uh, what they call the central business district in manhattan so it is in the slow lane if you will uh to 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 use a little car talk there (laughs) uh going and, and has been delayed some in terms of its rollout if things had remained on track uh drivers Vehicle Motor vehicle operators would by now have already been uh, or, or, or on, on the path to be paying tolls for entering Manhattan's most congested areas south of 60th Street. Well, uh, Cuomo, when he was governor, eventually got behind it. De Blasio, as, as mayor, after years of saying he was opposed to congestion pricing, finally got on board. Hochul. Uh, she has said she's with it, though she has also said, you know, maybe now is not the right time for it. This was some months back. And, and that, uh, of course, it might not roll out with the, the projected timetable. Then you have Zeldin, who's flat out said no, that this is not uh, happening, that he is opposed to congestion pricing, uh, and that it's a cash grab. Uh, now, it still has approvals to, to go through at the federal level. Because this is this is a huge project, I I can't uh, tell you enough just how massive it is, and and the levels of involvement from other states, uh, from uh, other bureaucracies, Uh, they're they're a big part of this. So it's it's not a it's not an easy thing. There's uh, technology that has to be implemented. There are uh, toll rates that have to be implemented. All types of scenarios that still have to come out in the wash but we're we're away from that still but at the very least this is something that and again it's mandated by law uh this is this is something that's taking shape now uh but you have one governor candidate uh miss miss governor hochel saying she's with it and you have another candidate for governor uh representative zelden saying no he's not with it not at all and i i spoke with uh John Samuelson, head of uh, Transport Workers Union Local 100, and he says uh, if, if Zeldin is elected, he believes Zeldin will find some way to kill it. Uh, interesting point also because uh, uh, you know, Samuelson is an MTA board member or Samuelson has uh, some say in this, but he believes, uh, and others I've spoken with have, have said that uh, Zeldin would find some way to kill congestion pricing. The question is, and he hasn't quite answered this, If it goes, how do you fill that multi-billion dollar gap in terms of what the MTA has projected here? Um, That's a serious question, Uh, but uh, the the answer isn't there yet.
3: Jose, I just have a sort of a two-part question. And the first is, how could he kill it, if you know, or if anyone knows? And secondly, um, I know we, we spoke yesterday a little bit about how the MTA has maybe even thought to fill this gap. I mean, is there other state money that they can tap into? And even if congestion congestion pricing does go through, there are still funding needs. Um, What other ways and and what other suggestions has the chairman made in terms of funding the MTA? Because it is an essential service, Maybe, maybe that is the key as to how they fill that financial void.
4: That would be in terms of the operating, uh, what Lieber has said, to, to find new ways to keep things going on the operating front, because with the ridership down, uh, the revenue is obviously down, and, and that does have an impact on the MTA's bottom line, its operating uh, budget. As for uh, capital side, which is for the big ticket items, uh, this next plan would give you uh elevators at about 70 more stations for purposes of uh, the Americans with Disabilities Act. It would uh, provide uh, many new buses, many new rail cars, many new subway cars. Uh, it would provide for upgrades to the signals along um, six st- stretches of six different subway lines, I, I believe was the, the initial plan. So these are all huge things. And uh, it's, it's some someone said to me yesterday you know, how, do you, how do you dig out of that uh, 15 billion dollar hole uh, you're gonna need a really big shovel and 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 that's the MTA has has long counted on congestion pricing being in place so that that's still to be determined they they're proceeding as if it's going to happen uh, but as we all know there's a lot of opposition um, from some elected officials in the city, in Queens, uh, from across the river. You've had a lot of noise coming from uh, elected officials in New Jersey. Uh, everyone, a lot of bluster, a lot of noise. Uh, and nobody likes tolls, of course. But the key thing here is that it's, it's for the, the future of the system, of the transit system. It's for uh, easing congestion within uh, a very congested part of the city, part of the region, most congested in in really the country. So this is an issue that's going to have to be resolved. uh, And and congestion pricing was thought has long been thought to be key to that, key to that effort.
1: Uh, We'll see how it how it shakes out, though. We don't get this fifteen billion dollars. There is a fifteen billion dollar hole. 15 billion with a B. Just uh, that's such a big number, it's hard to think about. Can you just speak for a minute about what, what this means, you know, when you're swiping your Metro card, or using your auto or whatever, like for riders, potentially? What this means? Well, the, the,
4: the, the $15 billion, um, even in MTA land, uh, that, that, that will get you a lot. Uh, the entire capital plan. Let, let's look at it this way: is over several years, twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty four. It is hundreds, if, if not thousands, of projects across the entire network: the bridges and tunnels, the railroads, the, the the subways and the buses, all the things that keep us on the move. So, a significant chunk of that is is, is uh, hinges on congestion pricing, and this is something that uh, would be a Reliable source of income, uh, at least in terms of its if its capital budget, uh, for a transit agency that has um, really needed that and often lacked it in terms of reliable renewable sources of uh, uh, revenue for the MTA. And 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 going back to uh, Representative Zeldin, uh, you know, at least in terms of. What he said is he calls it a money grab of sorts and that uh, the MTA will make promises and to his way of putting it, not deliver on it. But again, the question is, well, how do you propose to make up for that whole?
3: And this is our final question, Jose. Um, you know, I know you speak with a lot of people working in the MTA and just focus on transit. Um, is there a real concern of what will happen if Lee Zeldin wins um, this sort of you said it was a money grab. I guess it's almost a defund the MTA proposal um, if he wins. And, and, and what are people really focused on? I guess is there a worst case scenario they're thinking in terms of the future of mass transit in New York state under uh, Governor Lee Zeldin?
4: Sure, uh, you have to look at it from a few different perspectives, uh, and, and I, I heard you use the phrase defunding the MTA. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you a quote that uh, Samuelson gave to me that, uh, that uh, Zeldin is, is not is in favor of not not is not in favor of defunding the police, but that he may very well be in favor of defunding the MTA, and that's a legitimate concern. So it could be a fundamental shift. And as you mentioned at the top, um, the governor, whoever that governor is, uh, is ultimately in charge of appointing the top leadership of the MTA, the chairperson. Uh, so you can, you can assume that uh, there would be changes there. Uh, you can assume that it's just a fundamentally different relationship than has existed and go to also uh, Representative Zeldin's uh, track record—no pun intended—on on matters of mass transit, uh, being against congestion pricing, having voted uh, against uh, the infrastructure bill, and that's something that that Lieber mentioned at, at Penn Station a while back. He was was standing next to Governor Hochul at the time. They're unveiling some new uh, improvements to the ceiling at the Penn Station. And, and, and Lieber, sort of unprompted, steps to the microphone and, and says, you know, he points out that uh, of all the regional Republicans in, in New York State, uh, Zeldin was the only one to vote against the infrastructure bill. And he said that that's something of concern to people at the MTA who are trying to rebuild the transit system. And you know, look, the transit system is coming out of a really rough two years. Uh, it's still got a long mountain, uh, long path, a steep mountain to climb in terms of regaining ridership, in terms of uh, beefing up its revenues, in, in terms of uh, keeping a, a safe and reliable system in order. And, and that's really at the heart of all of this stuff is that in New York City, this is how we move or a lot of us still. That's how we move. It's, it's how the city is wired. And if you don't have a lifeline, if you don't have a circulatory system that's healthy, whether you're a human or a transit system, that's, that's not a good thing.
1: Ooh. Jose, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Uh, you are not making me feel less edgy and grim about where things are going, but uh, uh, we shall see. And uh, much more to discuss after, after this election. Um, Really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Harry.
0: F-A-Q. This has been FAQ NYC. We're a part of The City, a nonprofit, nonpartisan newsroom dedicated to hard-hitting reporting that serves the people of New York. Our work is freely available to everyone at thecity.nyc and is supported by listeners and readers like you. Go to thecity.nyc slash donate if you'd like to pitch in. We are headquartered at NYU's McSilver Institute for Poverty, Policy and Research and are a proud member of the Brick House Cooperative of Independent Journalists, Critics and Artists. Find it all at popula.com. Our hosts this episode were Christina Greer, Katie Honan and Harry Siegel, who's also our executive producer. I'm our engineer, Adam Kimera. A thank you to our guest, Jose Martinez, senior reporter at the city. And thank you, listener, for joining us and making it this far. Be kind, be cool, and we'll be back soon with more.